Hey, what's up? Nice weather, huh? Say, how's it going? Everything great? Oh no, that's not gonna cut it. Let's get a little deeper. You're listening to the Not So Small Talk podcast with your host, Jackie Wilson. Tune in as she dives deep into her life as a thriving small business owner. Hey guys, um, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. What you're about to listen to is an interview that I did with Leslie Presnell, and she came to a decorating class years ago, uh, probably about three years ago, and that's when we first met. And from then on, she has been promoting my business. When I lived in Baton Rouge, she was a huge cheerleader and fan. And I'm so happy to be able to have her on this podcast. And we are going to be talking about two things that I think are really important and that kind of uh, knocked my socks off. And that is uh, one, email lists and building your email list and why that is important. And then two, uh, dreaming big and asking yourself, why not? Why not be bigger? Why not think outside of the box? Why do I have to be Um, confound to just a small business. So I hope you enjoy this episode and um, I'll catch you next time. Uh, So hi, Leslie. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on my show. So for those of you who don't know, Leslie owns the Southern Flare blog and I wanted you to just kind of talk about what you do and what services you offer for those who might not know. Yeah, sure. So it's interesting that you just introduced me as a blogger because that's actually kind of where I go to. I'm like, how do I introduce myself? (laughs) Um, So I would say I am a local marketing coach and a local lifestyle blogger. That sounds so fun. You enjoy what you do? I love it. I have been in business 11 years now, like 11 years wow. in March. And it ha- it started as a hobby that I didn't even know was a job. And then it just kind of evolved over the past 11 years. And it kind of went from me just being a blogger um, mm-hmm. and not and trying to kind of talk to people in my local area and then not really realizing in all of that, that I was kind of becoming an expert in local marketing. And so now I have a full on business about local marketing. That's so awesome. You and you are so good at what you do. Your page on social media is just so aesthetically pleasing. You connect with people. I love how you're just always pulling people in different uh, business owners. I know when I was in Baton Rouge, you did that for me. And I really appreciated that. But I think you just have a gift. And I love that your gift has become a job and something that you know can bring in income or just something you can do full time and so I think you do a great job so thank you for everything that you do for the community oh thank you and I've kind of said you know for years that even with my blog and I mean I see this now in my local marketing business too like I never really wanted it to be about me I I actually started off in journalism so I always just Hmm. enjoyed kind of writing and sharing Uh, and so when I started my blog like I never really wanted it to be about my life Like I just love kind of telling other people's stories. I mean, kind of like you do here on the podcast. So yeah, it's just kind of evolved and turned into a job now. I love it. I love that too. Speaking of just kind of like local businesses, I'm sure you know a lot of um, businesses who were hit pretty hard by COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to ask, has your business or have you personally been impacted by COVID? 
I, I mean, yeah, I think everybody's been affected. Like when, when COVID first hit like a year ago, I think everybody kind of freaked out and I was doing one-on-one client work. Um, so I was actually doing social media marketing, like email marketing, uh, everything for local businesses. So I had like a few clients that I worked with that I did that for. And as soon as COVID hit, I could see their panic and it made me panic. Mm. And I thought that, oh my God, like I'm about to lose everything because I oh, work wow. with local businesses and they are going to shut their doors and then I'm, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So that was kind of my first thought was like, this is about to go really bad. I'm lucky or they're lucky too, you know, that the clients I was working with, they already had an online presence. And so they actually ended up being in a really good spot. And so it was actually then that other local businesses started being like, oh no, like we don't have an online presence. Like we're not Mm. really on social media. We don't have a website. Like what do we do? I had more people emailing me then like in probably between like March and May of 2020, like, Hey, can we hire you? Like, of course I was like, yeah, like this sounds great. But then I'm like, wait, there's not enough hours in the day (laughs) for this. So I did have to tell people no, but it actually turned into me taking a complete pivot in a different direction in my own business to where I decided I would start a program where I actually taught like local business owners how to do their own marketing, like how to get themselves up and running on online, like with a website and with social media and email and like ads and literally all the things that I had been doing for people for so long. I was like, mm-hmm. wait, like I know I can teach y'all how to do this. And it was more cost efficient for them to take the program, learn how to do it themselves, than hire me to do it for them. So yeah, it kind of all happened pretty quickly. So I mean, I would definitely say my business was was affected in that it just completely changed. And I mean, it ended up being like a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And it and even more so now an online presence is essential. I can't even imagine not having an online presence right now. And so people were similarly like, okay, I got to pivot, I got to adapt. And that is really key. I think as a small business owner, like we have to be willing to adjust and give the public what they need. And if we don't have it, we got to figure out how can we get that to be relevant to the times, right? Like always having a way to be able to communicate with your customers is something that I feel like it was like a light bulb going off for so many people because they were like, what do you mean? Like people just come in our doors. Like we're a restaurant. People just come to Mm -hmm. us, you know? And then it's like, wait, we have to have a way to talk to these people. Like they have to know like, what are our curbside pickup hours or how does this work? And Mm -hmm. so it was like this scramble to get online. And I think people finally understand that online marketing is for everybody now that has a business. Mm -hmm. Like every mom and pop shop, everybody, not just like influencers or these big online people (laughs) that we watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and even, you know, for me, um, I don't have a brick and mortar, but I was so grateful that I already had somewhat of an online presence. I think not to the extent that it really could be, but I was so grateful that I was already doing virtual cookie decorating classes I know that you're really big on building up your email list. And I think now with COVID, it's it's super important to have that email list. Um, but why do you think it's so important or necessary to build up that email list to send out newsletters or whatever to your customers? 
Yeah, I'm like, how long can do we have to talk about this? Because I feel like I could like, preach all day long on this. Yeah, so what I see the most is every you know, small business or local business getting online and they're trying to build up their online presence and they're immediately focusing on social media. Like Mm -hmm. how can I get more Instagram followers and Facebook and TikTok and Reels and all the things now. But one important thing to know is like, you don't actually own any of those followers, but what you do own is your email list. And I think especially for people who are going out, you know, when we do have events, you know, it's easy to just collect emails for people that are coming in your doors or coming to your events or whatever. Um, So you can start kind of slowly building up your, your email list and you can actually keep in contact with those people to where if you're just posting on social media, like there's no guarantee that anybody's going to see it. First of all, you know, like mm-hmm. a very, I'm sure, you know, you post and it's like, okay, I have all these followers, <laughs> like, where are they? And why isn't yes. not showing it? And that right. is the number one complaint I hear from people is the algorithm on Instagram or on just social media in general, but people are spending so much time and effort everybody is spending their time on social media when you can't even guarantee that people are going to see it. And then, you know, what if you get hacked or Facebook shuts down or who knows what would happen? And I just think you have so much more control over email. And I think Mm -hmm. email is something, it doesn't take a lot for a person to go click the follow button on Instagram. You know, that's like low bar there. But I think when somebody (laughs) gives you their email address, that's like them welcoming you into their space. Uh, mm-hmm. And that means like they want to hear from you. And when you get an email, like you actually see it. And I mean, I just think time wise, I mean, I think building up your email list on the front end and kind of getting all that set up, which is actually what I teach. It takes time on the front end, but you set it up in a way to where it's always working for you. And, you know, you're waking up every day with new subscribers to your email list that are literally ready to hear from you. And then it's kind of, it takes the pressure off of social media as well, because you're like, well, yep, I posted that and only four people (laughs) saw it. Like, oh, well, but you know, I have an email list over here. (laughs) That is okay. You know? Yeah, I have a few questions. Um, okay. So I I do send out emails and I, I actually, I hired my sister. She's my assistant now. She handles emails and all that, but she does MailChimp newsletters and all that for me. You know, is there a balance between like, should your emails be uh, educating, promoting, connecting? Like, what do you think it should really be for? You know, I, I don't think there's a right answer to that. And what I teach is everything is always a test, you know, like we're never going to have the perfect email plan or the perfect thing that we know to send. Like every time Mm -hmm. you send something, it's just like, huh? Like, I wonder how my audience is going to respond to this. Like, I wonder if this is going to work. So I think for you, it would be interesting to see like, okay, I'm going to send out this email that is more like educational. Like I'm going to teach my people how to do something uh, like to design, you know, uh, a cookie or decorate a cookie Mm -hmm. and then, you know, see how they respond to that. And then, you know, maybe the next week it's, 
I'm going to try to sell them something. Uh, and you know what, and just test it out. And you might even be able to do some of both within one email. But I mean, you think about some businesses like Target, you know, Target is not trying to entertain you or anything. They're like, <laughs> Hey, we have, we have all of this, you know, laundry detergent or new clothes. Like, here you go, buy it. So I think right. it really just depends on your type of business. You know, like I am in, you know, in the online marketing world where I'm selling programs to people, I'm only selling a few times a year. So most of my email content that goes out is like educational or inspirational or trying mm. to help people. And it's more me building a relationship. So whenever right. I do offer something to buy, they're like, oh yeah, I've gotten a ton of great, like free value from her. Now, I, you know, I trust her enough to take out my credit card or whatever. I think it really just depends on your type of business, maybe price points and yeah. And just not being afraid to try different things. Yeah. I love that. Like every time I send an email, I'm not as anxious or insecure as if I post something on Instagram. And, you know, I oftentimes will get people who email back, you know, from that email and you can feel like you're building this relationship and it's so different. And I absolutely yeah. love it. I'm now yeah. that I'm talking to you, I'm like, I'm going to be sending out more emails. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm interested. Why do you think you feel less pressure or whatever around email versus social media? I think because you don't really receive the same feedback. Like I think when you post on Instagram, sometimes somebody will unfollow you and you're like, Ooh, I guess they didn't like that, you know, or you have people who like or don't like, and you can compare the likes from your, to your other posts or you have people who comment or don't comment, but I feel like in an email, they get it and you know, that's it. And you, you kind of don't have the same sort of feedback. I mean, maybe they'll unsubscribe, but mm. it oftentimes it doesn't happen as often as social media. And so I think that's kind of my biggest thing is I'm worried what people are going to think of it. But if I don't really know what I don't know is not going to hurt me. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the biggest thing. It might kind of sound silly, but I think that's it for me. Yeah. And yeah. And when I do get sales from emails, it makes me feel so good. Cause I'm like, Oh, they actually liked that product. Right. And because so they, you already know that they're, they're open and like ready to buy, you know? And I've been thinking about this lately too, with, you know, like on Instagram, people can see like it's public, how many people like your post or how many followers you have. And that, you know, like that makes it more like vanity metrics. Like mm -hmm. let me, let my number of likes be high. So people think good things about me or let me, me have yes. enough followers that people think I'm legit. But in email, no one can see that, you know, like right. I have more email subscribers than I do social media followers. And like, no one knows that. I mean, they mm -hmm. do now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I almost like that it's private and it's like, it, there's no fear of people yes. like looking at your numbers and judging you with email either. And I mean, yeah, people Absolutely. definitely unsubscribe or you'll send an email out and people won't open it or whatever, but it's like, okay, no big deal. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's, I think that's totally it for me. I also sometimes wonder, you know, it, it's similar in the sense of the, the algorithm. There are some times where my emails will go to people's spam and they never see it. 
And so there's sort of that thing is like, if you don't click on it or you don't like save that person's, you know, whatever, whoever it's coming from, like for you, I actually get your emails all the time in my inbox and they don't go to my spam. How do we encourage people so that our emails are going into their inbox? Yeah. So one thing you, there's a few things you could do. Um, what I like to do is whenever I send emails, uh, I like to kind of use social media as a, as a way to kind of hype up the emails. Uh, so, and you could do this on the front end or back end. So you could say like, Hey, are you on my email list? Because tomorrow I'm going to send an email about X, Y, and Z. And, you know, maybe you'll get like 15% off in, you know, or a surprise mm, or yeah, something so for you in tomorrow's email. So it kind of builds that hype and people are looking for it at that point. And you could always be on social media. Like, you know, if you're not getting our emails, like check your spam folder. And then even on the back end, after you send an email within like a few minutes, you could hop on Insta story and just say like, Hey, like, uh, I just sent an email, like it's in your inbox here's what's in it. Like, go check it out. That's just kind of like email to email. But another option would be like, as people join your email list, and I don't know if you have any sort of like, I call it like a welcome email. So like, as soon as they join your email list, they automatically get an email from you. That's like, Hey, thanks for joining. And in that email, you might could say like, make sure we're not going to spam, add whatever mm. your email address is to your contacts or drag us from your promotions folder over into your primary. But I think the more people are opening your emails, the less likely you are to go to spam. So I think that is, you know, a whole other reason to like really focus on subject lines and making sure that the emails that you are sending are kind of like value packed and things that, you know, your customers are going to be interested in. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Everything that you just said is so good. So listeners, if you're listening and you want to go back, uh, make notes of what she just said, because that's so good. And you have done all of those things. Like you are practicing what you preach. I've seen you do every single one of those things. And I mean, seriously, it's, it was spot on. And I just appreciate that so much. And I'm going to be working on, on my game as well. <laughs> yeah. Email's fun. And like I said, it is just always a test. And I think going into it with a sense of like curiosity and like, you're a scientist, like going in, like, is this going to work? Like you're experimenting instead of it, you know, people can make it like a life or death situation. Like, I don't know, like I'm going to send this email and people are going to unsubscribe and they're not going to like me or blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, like this is mm -hmm. fun. We're just, we're seeing what works. And every time we send an email, we're going to be a little bit better about it. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I know we could talk about this all day. I know. Uh, but <laughs> we can move on. Well, I know this is, this is really fun to talk about. Um, but we'll move on to the second point, just for the sake of time. I know you have talked about, you know, the whole small businesses. We don't have to be trapped by just being small. Like we can play it big. We can dream big. And I, I mm -hmm. absolutely love that. So I wanted just for you to kind of speak a little bit more about that passion that you have, that small businesses don't have to just stay small. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this goes right along with what was happening during COVID and, you know, just getting your business online. Like I just think literally anything is possible for small businesses. And I mean, you see, um, mm -hmm. I mean, we can even use you as an example, like, you know, starting out decorating cookies and teaching classes and 
building this online presence and now like you've evolved into like a podcast and so I just <laughs> think like and not that every local business has to try to be like a nationwide business or start you know a podcast or a YouTube channel right. or anything like that but I mean I think it's just like opening up our imaginations that we can actually be so much bigger than we even realize. And I think Mm -hmm. like, I know people, and this is just my own personal opinion. And I know people mean well, when we have like a small business Saturday or like, let's shop small shop local, like all these things. That's to me, it's like that saying like, Oh, like we Mm. have to support our local businesses, you know, like our poor little local businesses need our support. And it's like, (laughs) what? Like, why? And I just feel like that somehow has gotten in people's brains that like local businesses struggle. And it's like, why? Like, why can't we just be huge and just do what, you know, like, why can't we as business owners, like get that out of our mind? Like, yeah, sure. We fit the definition of a small business because Mm -hmm. of the number of employees or whatever that we have. Most businesses in the world technically are small, Um, but it's like, we have this like, oh, we can only make a certain income, or we can only have this many customers, or we can only have this many clients. Like we're putting like that limit on ourselves. And I'm just, you know, I'm just now starting to kind of like play around with this idea because I struggled with it too. You know, I was, um, I actually taught seventh grade for many years. And then as a blogger Uh and doing client work, and I always had it in my mind, like, oh, you, you're, you're only supposed to make like this much money or like, you can only mm-hmm. work with so many clients. And then it's like, wait, like, why am I putting that limit on myself? Like what happens if I just start kind of tossing around the idea that like, I could possibly double what I'm doing or maybe like triple. And I actually just read a book the other day by Dan Sullivan called like the 25 year framework. Fantastic book too, for any business owners to, uh, but it's all about like, where do you see your business? Like 25 years from now that just like opens up your brain of like, I could be making like a billion dollars. Like, I'm just going to make that my goal. You know, like, why not? Like, why are we saying we can only do so much or we can only make so much? Like, what if we really started playing, like thinking big um, and started Mm kind of acting from that place? How would that just completely change how we show up and then how other people think about like our small businesses as well? Mm -hmm. I guess I kind of have a little bit like mixed feelings because I'm, I want to be bigger, but I know I don't have the capacity to do it Mm -hmm. because for me, you know, people want me to decorate their cookies. And so I'm like, I can't, I can't really be much bigger than I already am. And so I, I wonder if some people, some listeners might be feeling like, well, I would love that. That's great in theory, but you know, I don't know if I could handle that. I, I kind of wanted to see what you thought, but I was thinking, you know, maybe we have to sometimes adapt, you know, for me, I have to work a little bit smarter. And that's why I've started thinking about doing more things that would make me more money and that I can handle more of, but don't take as much time. And I think sometimes we have to think outside of the box a little bit, like if we want to really grow, but we don't really have the capacity in what we're doing. Sometimes we have to think a little bit bigger and a little bit outside of what we might be doing. Uh, Would you agree with that? Or you have any other thoughts about that? 
Yeah. And I mean, I think the first step, you know, if, if me saying that you have like so much potential and you could grow beyond and you you're immediately, and I'm not saying you, but like everybody, me included, we're immediately thinking of every reason that that's not possible. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're back to like putting these constraints on ourselves. So, I mean, I yeah, think the, true. First, the first step is just like asking yourself, like, why not? Like, or what if, so like, what if I did have the time, like, what would that look like? Or what if I didn't have to be the only person in my business doing mm-hmm. everything, True. you know, like you're saying you, uh, have to be the one making the cookies and all the things. And it's like, just like challenging mm-hmm. the things that like, that we're reporting, like the news, you know, like, oh yeah, I have to do this. <laughs> I have to do this. I like, it feels so real to us. Right. Right. But I right. think it's just like stopping and be like, wait, like, why am I saying that? Like, why do I think that? And that doesn't mean that you actually have to do anything about it. You know, like you are welcome to, to have that belief and keep on going like you're going. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, I think it's just interesting to look Mm -hmm. at some of the, the thoughts that stop us. Right. No, that's so, that's so true. And you're right. It is challenging, but in a good way, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like upset or anything, but it is kind of like challenging in the sense, like, huh, there's obviously something in me that feels like I can't do it. And like, why, why is that? Because so many other people have done it. I have a good friend who started out as a baker and she just did it on her own. Um, And now she has a storefront and they have like 10 decorators. But when you look at the cookies that they decorate, that they share on social media, you have no idea who has decorated Mm. it. It's just the company has this cookie, right? Mm. Um, But you know, behind the scenes, they have a ton of people you know, working and they have worked hard to make them look really uniformed. And so I know that it's possible. And so I kind of do wonder why, (laughs) why am I putting limits on myself? And this is something that I think I'll go back tonight and kind of reflect upon and just say, okay, why, why am I putting these limits? What do I want to do? What could I do? And why not? You know, if that's something that I desire. And I've got a podcast about dreams and desires, and this kind of plays into it. uh, If you do desire it, uh, why are you letting those restraints hold you back? Yeah. And just because you're exploring it doesn't mean you even have to make a decision anytime soon. You know, I think like it's just bringing yourself to that awareness And yeah, that is literally like step number one. And I think Mm -hmm. that in itself is such a big deal. Um, But back to what you were saying, like seeing someone else do it. Like, I think that is like, I'm glad you said that because that when I see other people doing something to me, that's a good enough reason. Cause I can be like, she can do it. That means it is absolutely possible for me too. Yeah. And it just a way to encourage each other. And she does the same exact thing that I do, but I don't feel like she's competition. I'm like, she's an inspiration to me and she is killing it. And I think like, it's so awesome to see that. And I go, well, I could, I could do that. And just figuring out what I, you know, part of the first step is figuring out, is that something I desire? You know, if we look at that 25 years from now, is that something that just super excites us? Or are we kind of, "Mm, I don't, I don't know if I'd be happy, you know, doing that 25 years from now. I think it's so important to, to really look to the future, not just to like dream for our business, but also to find out, is that something that I want to be doing for this long? Does it spark joy in me? Does it excite me? 
And that's something I'm kind of at a crossroads with right now, personally. And so I've been thinking exactly about that 25 years from now. (laughs) And, you know, I think even, you know, talking about online marketing and just seeing how much the world has changed in one year, it's, I mean, we can't even Mm -hmm. imagine the technology or even, I mean, what is it going to look like in 25 years? We have no idea. Um, So, I mean, I think it's, it's good to have that plan, but still like leave room for magic and know that like you're laying out this perfectly nice plan that looks lovely, but like, that's probably not what's actually going to get us there. And I mean, I just think that is what makes it so fun. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time. That's all of our time. So I'm going to, I'm going to end it there. And I really appreciate this. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, How can people find you on social media? So I am on Instagram at Leslie Presnell. And from there, you can join my email list. Awesome. Uh, I know I was going to say that. I do have like some freebies and things if people want to get on my email list. They're all on my Instagram account, Leslie Presnell. And then my local lifestyle blog is Southern Flair blog. So I actually have two Instagram accounts. Right. And I actually do follow both of yours. um, And I get emails from both. And so it's awesome. I I enjoy following you. So thank thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but now I'm ready to build up my email list and go start sending emails right away. (laughs) And also just dreaming big and thinking about what limitations I'm putting on myself. Um, Again, you can join my email list as well as Leslie's email list. We enjoy chatting and hope that you found it helpful as well. Have a great day and I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Not So Small Talk podcast with your host, Jackie Wilson. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.